0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Trumble, the horror movie podcast. I'm your host Curtis. With me, as always, is Stephen Taylor. How are you two doing?
1: Doing, doing fine.
0: It. Yep. Mm-hmm. Here we are talking about Ginger Snaps,
1: which hell yeah,
0: hotly requested, by the way. I get emails from people being like, "When are you doing ginger snaps? When are you doing ginger snaps?" Well, we're finally doing ginger those, snaps. Those,
2: those, those were all my sock puppets. Those
0: were my <laughs> <oldest>. <laughs> <I> <laughs> put
2: all those emails in. Just
0: how'd you like, get in my house? Just got like a bunch <laughs> of like email bots just sending off emails like, "When are you doing?" Yeah, what are
2: you doing? literally signing up for ten minute email every ten minutes, being like, "Kurt, ginger snaps, ginger snaps, let's do ginger snaps."
1: What's <laughs> with all the weird Russian writing at the end of it, though? With what do you end. mean? At the end of your emails. Oh. No. <laughs> We're yeah. not going to talk Mother about that. Mother Russia wants ginger snaps. I don't,
2: I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I was told
0: to support Trump, so I don't know, like, you know. <laughs>
1: but, um, Make America Russia again.
0: Yeah. You know, little do we know that ginger snaps is really the secret way for Trump to get reelected <laughs> in 2020. Which is weird because it's Canadian. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, that's true. But you know what? Uh, Trump just does whatever he wants. That guy's a loose cannon, you know? That's true. Yeah.
2: (laughs) It's a bit of an understatement. I'm like
0: Sleepy Joe. Oh, God. Oh, gosh. Now (laughs) everyone's like, you're doing Ginger Snaps, you're getting political? God damn it, I'm out! Oh,
1: yeah. (laughs) Um, I apologize.
0: Yeah, well, well, Ginger Snaps, uh, it's a movie that, I recall this movie coming out, and... (laughs) All the girls in my high school were like talking about it, like it was the thing. And, um, uh,
2: it was the thing, Kurt.
0: It was the biggest, biggest movie I recall. Like for the boys, it was always the fast and the furious. Like, hey, Vin Diesel, Paul Walker, Racing Cars, girls, it was Ginger Snaps. That
1: was the I think it bridged the gap, though. I really do, because I, 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 I don't, I, I think, especially, you know, I was in, I was in, you know, junior high at the time or high school at the time. Mm-hmm. it's a 2000, right? Yeah. Okay, so I was out of high school. I was freshly out of high school. And like I I you know, I women, women in horror, like loving horror wasn't like forefront cuz it is massively more forefront now in the last 10 15 years than it has been before. It was like a small niche type thing, but I think this was the horror movie that even women the women and girls that didn't like horror Kind of gravitated towards because, and I think it is because it, it's even though it was written by dudes and directed by dude, it, it, it speaks to women
2: mm-hmm.
1: more. And, yeah,
2: and, there is. And, I think, oh, sorry.
1: Well, it's real girls. You know what I mean? It, yeah. It's like, I mean, yeah, they have this weird fucking preoccupation with death and kind of this weird obsession and it makes them kind of outcasts, but it's, I think. Like the craft as well, I think it speaks, it just speaks to girls more.
0: It does, Mm -hmm. yeah. And not in a bad way, either. I think it's just, like, because it is a coming-of-age film, and it focuses on the two girls primarily, so I think in that sense, yeah, I I can see why, it like, women gravitate more towards it, because, you know, it's not a coming-of-age film with, like, a bunch of focus on male characters, but... also doesn't need to either like that coming of age story is so universal in a lot of ways with a lot of sort of over branching elements like it doesn't have to just be for girls or guys or whatever like like you say i think it kind of bridges the gap there a little bit well
2: and and sometimes getting your period feels like you're fucking turning into a werewolf so i think there's just a lot of parallels right that if you're watching it as a woman and like when we get to the best line there's a lot of things just said throughout the movie too that if you're watching this movie, especially as a young girl, you're like, "Fuck yeah!" Like, mm-hmm. like this movie is speaking to you mm-hmm. from your, like, your own experiences, right? Yeah. And like you're watching Bridget go through all this shit, and even though you know it's because she's turning into a werewolf, you're also like, "Fuck, man! I I've been there. <laughs> like, I've been in that stupid aisle hunched over before, you know?" Yeah. So, it's, I, I wanna yeah.
1: I want to fact check myself here. Uh, It was directed by John Fawcett, and and the story was written or was developed by John Fawcett and Karen Walton. Yeah, Karen Walton, who also wrote the script. So it was written by a woman.
2: Mm -hmm. I I was gonna say this definitely feels like they're. Has a woman like a woman has been involved at least with the dialogue because there's some parts of this that's like, yeah, that came from <laughs> that came from the brain of someone who's been on their period before.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and some of the, I, I feel like so, I feel like Ginger Snaps in a certain way, I, I want to say is is a good, it's kind of a good Kickstarter to, to something like Diablo Cody's writing yeah. because it feels, it feels like Diablo, it, it feels like a Diablo written film at some point.
0: It does, yeah.
1: Especially if you watch, and this one's a much maligned one, but I'm hope, I'm hoping that it, it's gaining traction as being kind of a, a forgotten classic. But it does have some Jennifer's Body elements to it. Like, Jennifer's like Body James has Brody. some ginger some ginger ness to it.
2: Do people just not like Jennifer's Body because... Megan Watson Fox.
1: I think that's why. I think that's I, why. But she's great in it. Amanda Seyfried is fucking phenomenal in that movie. And God, do I love Adam Brody in that film. Mm-hmm. Have you done that show on this podcast before? No. We need to yeah, do that. Yeah, we one.
2: gotta do that, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm just glad I finally watched Catherine Isabella on something that wasn't Freddy versus Jason.
1: Or American Mary. I don't know if I yeah. yeah. She's the also... Saska's sisters.
0: I, oh, the Saska sisters? Are the ones that are a little malaligned in Hollywood right now?
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. I, and for reasons that I think that Rabid was hard for them to distribute... Yeah. For that reason, I, I I think it was more coming out now during the uh, during uh, this kind of call out time, which has been a long time coming for some people. I don't know what wh- what is true and what's not true, so I won't like speak to that yeah. at all. But I will say this when talking about Catherine Isabel is I fell head over heels in love with her in this movie. Okay. Absolutely, like like number one with a bullet. Like she was my everything when i watch this movie
2: it's hard not to even as a teen girl watching this movie you're like i can't tell if i want to be her or be with her or yeah. w- i just want her around me you know she's got like a powerful essence to her that you just she kinda, does like soak up basically
1: hmm mm-hmm. she it was like she replaced rose mcgowan for me at that time because i was like jawbreaker kind of pushed me to, Scream and Jawbreaker pushed me to Rose McGowan, and then this movie I was like, Rose who? Like, <gasps> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh,
2: yeah. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, so I think we should probably dive into the official summary of Ginger Snaps. The story of two outcast sisters, Ginger and Bridget, uh, in the mindless suburban town of Bailey Downs, on the night of Ginger's first period, she is savagely attacked by a wild creature. Ginger's wounds miraculously heal, but something is not quite right. Now Bridget must save her sister and save herself. That's a pretty good synopsis. Kind of covers mm-hmm. most of the base. It's not too spoilery. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's a lot of, I... lot of werewolves going on.
1: Yeah,
2: I like that this movie gives a plausible explanation for a werewolf attack, too. Like, kind of one of the reasons why I love this movie so much on top of just having watched it as a teen girl um, is that there don't really, like, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of holes. Like, everything kind of makes sense the way that it happens. Um, Yeah. Like, it's not like a werewolf just comes out of nowhere and randomly attacks them, right? Like, Like, there's setup involved with the plot that I think is done really well.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's not a movie that is like like our last film, Cat People, where it's like you can clearly tell, like you know, there's just elements missing from that movie. There's nothing really missing from Ginger Snaps. Like it all sort of goes from one point to another without really leaving too many gaps in terms of like logic or anything like that. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah, and it's damn near almost two hours. Like it's an hour forty five. I want to say yeah, mm-hmm. and not a like not a dull moment.
0: No,
2: yeah.
1: In it whatsoever.
0: Yeah. I would say probably like, uh, yeah, I, I definitely feel like in the, in terms of like the middle act, it kind of like lags a little bit, but not too much. So, mm-hmm. like, by the time you get to the third act, though, it's just like bonkers. Like,
1: absolutely. And the transformation stuff it's so, so well done. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, When was the first time uh, you guys watched this? I'm guessing pretty much when it came out.
1: Yeah, I bought it sight unseen on DVD. Uh, I think it was a Rogers previously viewed. Okay. Because I I just kind of, it's it's one of the first DVDs I had ever bought. I think it's probably in my first five or ten DVDs I ever bought. Because I know the first two I bought were Final Fantasy Spirits Within and Crimson Rivers with Jean Renault oh uh yeah i was really random and then i think it was like seven and fight club and then ginger snaps i think was probably about the next one i bought and i'd never seen it before i bought it on the cover alone uh and god i watched it every day for the next two weeks mm-hmm. nice yeah
0: i think my first one was austin powers gold member uh-huh. And I love gold. It's not a good movie.
1: It's just... I know, not at all. It killed, it effectively killed the franchise. Like he it was a double tap to that franchise. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um but you know when you have a DVD player in that one DVD and you're just like, well, I guess we're gonna watch Gold Member again. I think I've watched <laughs> that movie like twenty times. <clears throat> um Yeah. Uh yeah, first time for me. I have actually had seen it when I was in high school, but I totally forgot about it. Like, I only saw it one time, and I forgot pretty much everything about it, and then when I rewatched it for the podcast, I was like, some parts were coming back to me, but mostly I'm like, yeah, I kind of forget most things that happened in this movie, so. Mm.
2: I think, I don't think I watched it when it first came out, because I was probably seven or eight? This is 2000s, right?
0: Yeah. Uh, Came out like literally 2000, I think
2: yeah um so i was i mean i could have very well watched it for i know because i was just into that kind of stuff but i don't think my mom would have let me watch it that quite young um probably in high school i don't quite remember my first time watching this movie but i have a feeling it was probably just something we rented when i was in high school um and then ever since then it's just i mean i literally watched it this morning before we started recording so uh i Maybe that's why I can't quite remember when I first watched it, because I watched it so often, but I'm mm-hmm. not going to complain
0: about that. No.
1: It's such a pleasure watch, though. It's not like you even need to watch it for, like, like, like. oh, I have to watch this for research. Like, it is such a satisfying... Yeah. Like, there's, there's no work at all in watching this movie.
2: No, and like, sometimes you're just sitting down at your computer and you're like, you know, I could watch something with a really hot version of Werewolf, Captain Isabelle in it. And then you just turn it on, and then you're reminded of all the cool outfits that they wear, and then you just want to redo all your wardrobe. That's one thing that I also got from this movie is, there, even Bridget, um, some of her skirt sweater combos, I was all over that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice. And like Bridget is like, like because the uh, Ginger and Bridget are such opposites of each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. of course, because Ginger is like, she's the dream girl.
2: Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean,
1: she's 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 that girl in the neighborhood that you're like, oh my god, here comes Ginger, and all the boys stop and stare, right?
0: Yeah. But like,
1: and like Bridget is the complete opposite of that, and Emily Perkins plays it so beautifully, subtle, mm-hmm. and. I, I on, honestly, it, it's sad that I, I mean because Catherine Isabel, of course, went on to other things. Uh, no, nothing ever as big as Ginger Snaps, though, and and it's sad that Emily Perkins didn't as well because they're both so phenomenal and really really good at that character actor stuff that mm. I, I, I wish that there were just bigger things for their for mm. their careers.
2: They they did play sisters in one other movie though, um, I believe it was a like a kids cinderella story style movie where they play oh. the step sisters to the main character who's like the cinderella character don't ask me why i watched this movie but i watched it and then i saw them in it and i was like well i have to finish watching it now because it's the ginger snap sisters you know yeah, yeah. um but yeah that was that was funny i think catherine isabel is in like a netflix series now that i tried to watch at one point and it was it's like a teen teen yeah teen magic yeah
0: you know
2: it's, getting in on all that
0: stuff. It's it's not terrible.
2: Yeah, but I mean, I sometimes watch things that aren't terrible, but I stick around because I'm into, like, the teen romance yeah. <laughs> aspect of not, it. Yeah. This one is not, it's just, I couldn't get into
1: it. Well, yeah. it's like I watched episode one of Cursed, well, before it came out for review, but I watched it being like, oh, Catherine Langford, hell yes, like, I'm totally into this. And I watched it, I'm like, this sucks.
2: Oh, man, I was thinking about starting that, too. But, it's... like, I was also flip-flopping.
1: Someone needs to rein in Frank Miller and tell him how to fucking plot stuff. Because he has no clue. There's no clue. <laughs> Everything is so confused. Like, I don't understand the scene placements at all. And then they're all of a sudden, like, near the end of the first episode, they're like, oh, yeah, this is a King Arthur story, by the way. And you're like,
2: what? I See, I think they're just... This is kind of off topic, but I'm pretty sure they're just like, yeah, this is what's making money. Plot doesn't matter. People will watch it, and then they just put it up without polishing it because they really don't think it matters.
1: He didn't he didn't learn a fucking thing from making The Spirit. Like he didn't learn a goddamn thing no. about how to how to plot and how to how to keep your audience engaged because yeah. So. He has zero fucking clue. Uh, someone someone needs to tell Frank Miller to either stop making movies, or he needs Robert Rodriguez there to be like, no, Frank, no. No. Yeah. No, that's yeah. not how you do this.
2: Man, I love a good warrior woman, too.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, then watch Warrior, uh, warrior Nun. I, yeah, I like that series. I liked okay, that okay. series. Yeah,
2: That one nice. also looks badass, but in, a, in like a cool. more sci-fi way, which I find cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Got a couple emails here. Uh, Brian says, for a coming-of-age film, this felt like it avoided a lot of cliches. Yeah, I think that's true. It's generally, like, not a cliche, like, run-of-the-mill mm-hmm. thing. It kind of, you know, it's very much... It feels like the movie's, tr- like, actively avoiding it, but not in, like, a bad way, but more like, yeah, we're just keeping this authentic
2: hmm Even, like, the werewolf cliches, they they kind of stick to some of the stuff, but most of it kind of goes out the window, and that's the movie's own version of a werewolf, right? Yeah. Which I think works so much better with this movie. Like, I feel like if they tried to shoehorn themselves into a specific lore or werewolf lore, yeah. right, like, that might have fucked mm-hmm. it up a bit. But.
0: Yeah. All right. Um... Heather says, how do you... How do the other film, two films compare to the first? Great question. Uh, I've never seen them. They're either. very
1: different. Because uh, I would say the second movie is more a Bridget story. Like, focused, almost?
2: I'm trying. It's been so long since I've seen the other two movies. Really just because I think I watched them also when I was either a teenager or young, super young adult. Whatever. Um, and they were kind of confusing to me because it seemed like the stories weren't necessarily directly linked either. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if maybe the second one is more linked. The third one, from what I remember, is actually kind of like a prequel almost. Yeah, isn't it's a it? period. Like, it's
1: a period piece. It's yeah. Like, it's like settler days. It's like yeah. it, It's almost like it was like it's in the like takes place within the Hudson's Bay Company, like a bunch of fur traders.
2: Um, um
1: but it brought Catherine Isabel back and. Emily Perkins back because uh, Catherine Isabel like this. The second movie is about uh, about Bridget now fully a werewolf is trying to find the cure. Like that's big. Ba- that's what the second one's about.
2: Mm-hmm. And is she in some sort of institution or something like that, or is yeah. that okay? Okay. She's um, in a
1: rehab. She's in a rehab clinic.
2: Yeah. In general, I've heard good things about the sequels. It's just they confused me as a teenager. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah. I think I think the thing is, is this Ginger Snaps is such lightning in a bottle, then when you try to distill that to make more from it, it it's never going to be the same, and it's yeah. always going to be a lesser entity than everything that it came from, hmm. especially yeah. because I mean you don't have the same director, you're just using the characters of the writer, the previous writer, and and and, and you know. But the, I mean, the good thing is that uh, it was an and another woman writer that wrote the second movie as well. So mm-hmm. you still have that feminine voice within it, mm-hmm. but it's just it's not the creators, right? So yeah. it's it's branching off into its own direction. It's like Steve Miner branching off of Sean Cunningham. You know yeah. what I mean?
0: Yeah, it sounds like yeah. Basically, somebody else took over the reins, but. the thing is too is like i'm looking at like reviews of it and people basically say it's not terrible it's just not very original which you could probably say for a lot of sequels it's like well yeah Mm -hmm. it's pretty much more or less the same well
1: it's mm -hmm. diminishing returns right it's just all it's just gonna be diminishing returns um and did you know that in the states the third movie is titled ginger snaps back The beginning. I've seen that
2: title around, yeah.
1: Yeah. In Canada it's just Ginger Snaps 3, the beginning, but in the States it was Ginger Snaps Back.
0: Should have just been called Ginger Snaps Back. That would have been hilarious. I mean Ginger Snap's
2: Back doesn't really make sense though if it's a period piece that's supposed to take place years before what anyways I'm just getting into
1: And she's Ginger and Bridget like Ginger and Bridget are the name of the characters. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's like, uh, yeah. And again, completely different writers, completely different director for the third movie. Yeah. Like, no connection.
0: I've never even seen the sequels, but I'm kind of curious to check out the second one. Like, I don't know, the second one seems to be, like, not too poorly regarded. It's just, yeah, people are saying, like, oh, it's more or less the same. Well,
1: yeah. I keep in mind that all three of them are Canadian films. That's awesome. So
2: that's definitely another thing that when I first started watching this movie, uh, made me love it especially too. Just that Canadian pride came through a little bit, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. I would I would put Ginger Snaps is definitely on one of the greatest Canadian made films of all time.
2: Yeah, I would agree uh, with
1: that. It's not hyperbole to say that is just it's the fucking truth.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh all right. Like it
1: ranks up there in the nineties two thousand stuff with like hardcore logo and and you know foo bar and that kind of stuff like it just it's just one of the best
0: yeah all right um getting on to some awards here um yeah, do you guys have a favorite line from the movie best line
1: suicide is the ultimate fuck you.
2: Yeah, that's a good one. I know Ginger has a lot of good ones when she's talking to Bridget. Um, or when they're talking about Trina Sinclair on the field, I like that they're just... What was the line? I need to find it in my notes. Uh, high school, just a mindless little breeder's machine. Total hormonal toilet. Uh, or when they're talking about Trina, I think she calls her a standard cum-buckety date bait. I think <laughs> that
0: sounds good.
1: Or women can only be... Or girls can only be four things.
0: Yeah, a slut, a bitch, oh. a tease, or the virgin next door. Yeah, yeah that was my favorite. Uh,
2: I think I wrote down the full lot Afterwards, she, she says, we'll just coast on how the world works. And that's that's one of those lines in this movie when you're watching it as a young girl, you're like, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although
0: when Do Pamela it, says, Jesus Christ on a bicycle, I, always, I, I laughed at that. I was like, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm.
2: The mom character is another sl- like character in this movie that you end up surprisingly liking a lot by the end of it because when she realizes what's going on she's just like mama bear you know yeah. she's like I gotta, I gotta take care of my girls even though like you know maybe you should get them some help if you find fingers in your backyard but her heart's in the right place at least
0: yeah Fun. she's trying her best um... um,
2: I think one other one I had written down too was near the end when Bridget is talking about turn or sorry ginger is trying to convince bridget to also turn into a werewolf Mm -hmm. um and she says uh i said i would die for you and bridget says you said you would die with me because you had nothing better to do and i feel like that is such a good line to sum up angry suburban teenage girls like Mm -hmm. they just they have nothing better to do they're bored out of their mind being obsessed with death gets everyone's attention a lot of the time right like it's just it's the it's a movie about werewolves, but it's so not a movie about werewolves at the same time. It's, I, I just really like the the parallels between all of it.
0: Yeah. Um, right. Um, best performance in the movie.
1: It's a dual, it's a dual performance. Like I, I would have to say it's, I mean, Catherine Isabel and, and, and Emily Perkins feed off each other for a large part of this movie. Um, Chris Lemke is actually not bad in this movie too.
0: Yeah, I, I, don't know, I guess out of the two, I did like Catherine Isabel a bit more, but they're—I mean—they're I mean, they're both very. They're like the uh, stars of the, the movie, obviously. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah,
2: uh, I mean, Ka- Catherine Isabel definitely has more of a presence on screen, especially mm-hmm. because Bridget's character is so kind of subdued and within herself a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I agree with Steve that you kind of can't have the one without the other and they yeah. both they both need to be there. and they both do so well in their characters that you you totally buy into. like like they're believable as sisters, even though they're creepy and weird and whatever. there's yeah. a there's a chemistry between maybe even just the actors that work so well. Yeah.
1: And I'm probably super biased in this, but the cinematography loves Catherine Isabel. You know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And she doesn't even have to say a word. You just leave that camera on her and yeah. Oh, not a man. dull moment. Not a dull moment. God that, damn.
2: <laughs> that scene where she's walking down the hallway and she's mm-hmm. like not wearing a, a frumpy sweater or anything and she's like nervous at first and then she starts to strut. Oh, that just, you feel confident The confidence scene.
1: The confidence yeah. scene. I yeah. love that sequence so
2: yep. much. She, yeah. she, the, the switch of officially flips in her head and she's like, yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. I'm fucking hot now.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And I also do like Mimi Rogers as the mom. I think she's great in this. Um, also like an actress that kind of goes under the radar, but man, she's got like a lot of credits under her name. She does a really good job. So, um, yeah, no, I, I, I like that. Um, uh best kill of the movie. Does anyone have a favorite kill?
2: Um, I think just in terms of how it looks, the I think he's the guidance counselor or one of the teachers. Um, mm. after there's a scene where Ginger walks into the school kind of uh towards the end of the movie and she like flashes to her her high school classmates, I guess. And the guidance counselor comes up and goes, Yeah, let's go to my office. Um and then she ends up killing him. And I think there's like scratch marks on his like like claw marks on his head. And I'm trying mm. to remember if we really see another death, other than the janitors, which was pretty gory too. But I think that one's my favorite just because it's happening at such a crucial part of the film, too. And at that point you're kind of just like, Oh my god, Bridget, you need to just stay with her because she's not gonna listen. To but
0: yeah. Yeah, I think it's Mr. Wayne was the guidance counselor. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that was probably my favorite kill too, because it also just kind of feels like it's like this very like climactic kind of like oomph moment in the movie where it kind of like oh shit. Um, so yeah, no, I went mm-hmm. with that one
1: too. Yeah, I, I like the Ga- guidance counselor one. I also yeah, there's there's a couple of really good ones though. But yeah, yeah. Trina,
2: Trina's death is good too because even though it's not overtly gory, it's I think it's the 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 one that really kind of kicks off into like things could have, they could have just kept going on a normal path before Trina's death. But then as soon as Trina dies, then it's like, well, we're in it now. So, yeah, let's just fucking uh-huh. do it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree with that one. Yeah.
0: All right. Um, dumbest decision in this movie. I, <gasps> there are I don't know. In this, really. I, don't,
1: I don't know. I think it's all even if there is a naive decision to be made, I think it's just based on their age and based on their reactionary of it, based on the naivete of it. And I think that's kind of like a driving force. And I think that's also what makes it so relatable as well. Mm-hmm.
0: True. Yeah. yeah I, I and, can't think of anything, really. Now that I'm really digging in deep about it, like, most of the people in not- this are pretty smart. So it's like, mm-hmm. huh.
2: Yeah. And I mean, even like, may- maybe it was dumb for the mom to put the the... Trina's fingers in the fridge because technically that could be evidence but Mm -hmm. like other than that I feel like every decision that was made even if it was dumb is something that that character just would have done and it made sense for the plot so it's hard to say
1: Mm -hmm.
2: it's I think we've talked about this before with other movies but it's hard to say that something is a dumb decision you know
1: yeah can I can I break in here I I don't want to dispel this part of the the awards but how great is me being Rogers in this movie? Oh yeah, As she's great. Oh, she's yeah. so great and 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 the maternal nature is so fucking evident. Like yeah. just I don't know. I, I think she's so great in this movie. Yeah,
0: for and sure.
2: And like even just the you kind of get a little picture of the relationship of the parents too. Like, it's very obvious the dad is hands off. Like mm-hmm. he's just not mm-hmm. really paying attention too much, except for the one time that he mentions to her, I think they might be up to something. And I think <laughs> I wrote down her line. She says something like, she says, oh, they're just being normal teenagers. And he turns to her and goes, and why are they suddenly so interested in what you have to say? And she just gives him this look. That's like such a mom. Look, it's, I feel like she encompasses everything that you think of when you think of suburban mom you know?
1: Yeah and again there is such a separation between her relationship with Ginger and her relationship with Bridget like there is
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there is
1: that difference there and it's not a less loving relationship to either of them There's, the love is still the consistent thing between them it's just how she deals with them because she knows them
2: yeah, mm-hmm.
1: or she knows them until that point that where everything changes then she doesn't know them anymore
2: well, yeah. even like... well i i think there's a certain way that moms know their daughters for for moms who are you know actually in tune with that kind of stuff like this mom was yeah. there's like you can you can understand maybe like the essence of a person without really knowing what they're doing in their life you know and i feel like the mom in this movie had a general understanding of who they were as people, even if she didn't really know what the fuck was going on. And I think that's mm-hmm. why at the end of it, she was so willing to just be like, "Get in this van. We are going."
0: <laughs> yeah, very much maternal kind
1: of like instinct. So yeah. Uh, do you how how bad would you guys want that bone uh, that bone pen?
2: Oh my goodness!
1: <laughs> I don't.
2: It. I don't know. I, less so as an adult right now. Um, but as a teenager, I'd like all I wanted to do was write with bones. It was the coolest
1: <laughs> thing. It, it makes me laugh still. And <laughs> and not
2: only just one bone pen, but matching bone yep. pens. Yeah. You know? <laughs>
1: yeah. That would be like,
0: can I get a bone keyboard, please? What's right? <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> um. Cool. I think it's time to give this a score. Oh,
1: I mean, this you is perfect. Are- it's yeah, a perfect right. movie for me. 10
2: out of 10. I, I can't... If I could give it higher, I, I'd crank it up to 11, maybe. But... Ah, Ooh. Spinal
1: Tap. That's right. There's spinal Tap in this one. Yeah, let's That's both right. Spinal Tap this one. We're turning it up to 11.
2: I can't not. I can't not.
1: 11 out of 10. Oh. Okay. All right, Kurt, now you're on the spot. Well, I guess I gotta be the asshole who
0: gives it a <laughs> 7 out of 10. I liked it. I, I do think it lags a little bit uh, in the middle. Um I did like that it sort of felt it kind of reminded me of Ghost World, funny enough. Like there's sort of this like kinda of oddball kind of coming of age. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, with the werewolf stuff and all that. Like it, it's it is really good. Um but yeah, I, I I think it's just a little slow in the beginning and kinda of like a little bit in the middle. But yeah, once it ratchets up in the end it's just crazy. Um but I don't mm-hmm. know, maybe I gotta rewatch it and kind of going with different eyes, but yeah, I kind of felt like it was a little slow for me, but not, not, still pretty much worth your time, I'd say, you know, but maybe not an 11 out of 10 for me, but. <laughs>
2: I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I have a bit of a bias, but.
0: That's okay, you know, it's like, I'm, I'll give Friday the 13th movies like a 15 out of 10 or something. That's
1: true, that's true. That, there's no lie detected on that one. No. 100%.
0: Uh,
1: and- Okay, really quickly before we go out on this one, that picket fence photo shoot is hilarious.
2: I love that scene where it's just photos (laughs) of them being dead. It's it's
1: so great. It's so great. And I
2: love too, like they finish showing it to their class, and their class loves it, and the teacher's just like, "Oh my fucking god!" Like
1: (laughs) (laughs) the warning sign is up. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
0: No, I I do really like this. I I, I kind of also wonder, too, if it's partially because, like, I kind of missed out on that nostalgia for it. Like, I watched it once in high school, but that was pretty much it. So, I don't know. Maybe if I, like, watched it more in high school, I would be like, oh, my gosh, this thing is amazing. But, yeah. Cool. Uh, Well, Taylor, where can people find you on the internet?
2: Um, social media, or I have a website now, cercianic.home.log, and anything that I do, I usually update on there, so. More so than social media, because I'm just fucking bad at social media, and I don't know why, so. Bad.
0: Social
1: That's media bad. can be a wasteland, so I totally it, get it. It can yeah. be, yeah.
0: And sometimes yeah. you just post stuff, you have no idea if it's gonna land. Like, we posted our vampires, uh, <laughs> and it just starts getting liked by, like, most of the cast, and. Whatnot? I'm like, oh, that's weird. Like, but yeah, <laughs> shit happens sometimes.
1: So, Thomas yeah. Ian Griffith is one. I, I mean, I, like tw- Tim Guiney just did an amazing performance in a movie called Ash that was actually filmed locally to where I am, uh, yeah. and, and and you messaged me about that. I'm like, that's fucking cool. And then I think right after that, Thomas Ian Griffith did, who's a uh, Volek and I yeah. was like, "Oh man, we got the big baddie to do it!" Like, <laughs> "Oh man, that's fucking cool." So yeah. yeah, and sometimes you get rewarded. Sometimes I got I got retweeted by uh, and and a comment from Levar Burton recently, and I was like, "Oh, I shit. saw that." that was and awful. then I had that community moment. Is like, I never wanted to meet Levar Burton. You can't disappoint oh. a picture. <laughs> <And> I, <laughs> oh man,
0: yeah,
1: it's, but uh, oh, fucking great stuff.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> um cool uh yeah uh, steve where can people find you speaking of Levar uh, Burton, yeah
1: uh i am <laughs> you can find me at lavar burton. Uh, no,
0: uh <laughs> <laughs> burton no uh yeah
1: no i'm at the Dead on both uh instagram and twitter um and my website is steve Ste- steve steve you can find my interview with jay Berichel that i did uh for random acts of violence which is a really fucking cool movie that's on vod right now uh and that one look for on my tw- uh, on my twitter page for that one um and then other than that i'm on the shift every thursday at 11 p.m with an alternating co uh an alternating host right now while they're trying to find out who's going to replace drex and uh, yeah uh, it's every Thursday and then I'm on Edmonton every month at the the last Friday of the month I'm on 630 Ched with Jalen Nye so check that one out too
0: nice cool and I'm over at 3 com. you can also find me on Twitter at Film Kurt, Kurt or over on Letterboxd Fatal Koala and uh, yeah the next uh, couple episodes we're going to be doing visiting hours and session 9 two movies I'm Oh yeah. Until next time everyone. Bye for now.